Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. So as we move into the next message this morning, I wanted to quickly remind you about this Friday night. Friday night, November 3rd, this just five, six days away, uh, November 3rd, Friday night, 6.30, is our second worship night. We had a worship night back in May. Um, it was just our church people gathered here together on a Friday evening, and we just worshiped the whole night. We sang praise to God. We worshiped Him. It was all music, and man, it was a blessing. We had the best time of worshiping God together and just testifying to His goodness, and it really ministered to our hearts. The second one is this Friday. I want you to be here. It's a great opportunity also for you to be able to invite someone. Maybe they don't, they can't come on a Sunday morning, or maybe they're a little nervous about church and they're oh, but worship my it's all music. I'm not gonna be preaching. It's just a night of worship. It's about an hour, hour and a half, and uh, man, it will bless your heart. So let's be here for that. And with me saying that. We're going to jump right into the message this morning. We've talked already a few months ago about next level worship. Next level worship. And we explained the importance of worship um, at church, as a, in corporate worship together, worshiping God in our praise and worship time, but also worship in our lives, in our daily lives. And today I want to help us understand, kind of in a deeper way than that next level worship series, understand the part that we play in our worship and in really the corporate worship here at Coastline Baptist Church. Um, we're talking today about next level praise. Different sermon completely than our next level worship service that we had a few months back. If you have your Bibles, go to 2 Samuel chapter uh, 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. The, word, the, the scriptures will be on the screen in just a few moments. We're going to kind of go through this passage. I'm going to read the passage in its entirety first, and that won't be on the screen. But when we go point by point and go through the passage, I will have the scriptures up there. On the screen. So let's read it together. If you have your Bible or your phone with the Bible on it, 2 Samuel 6, um, verse 1, um, it says this Again, David, ga David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. So they are transforming and transporting the ark of God in this passage. King David. Okay, the ark of God was the presence of God back in the Old Testament times. Uh, if you've ever watched the Indiana Jones movies, they tried to steal the ark of God. Remember? And then there was power, everybody melted craziness. That's a different interpretation of the scriptures. But the ark of God in the scriptures literally was the presence of God. It was no joke. It wasn't just a, a you know, just a, a, an object. The literal presence of God was in that ark. So they were very careful in transporting. There was this, just in the same passage, we won't read it, but one, the, the, the ark began to, someone kind of stumbled as they were carrying it, and uh, it, they stumbled, and one of the guys went out to, to hold it and, and grab it and died instantly. There was, there was just some power in that ark. 
But it says that they're transporting. In verse 4, And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. Verse 5, And David, pay attention here, And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of firwood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. And when they came, uh, okay, skip ahead to verse number um, 12. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom. This ark, they had been transferring it. I mentioned that guy that touched it and passed away immediately. Because they didn't want to mess with it, and they, they put it in the house of Obed-Edom. Just kind of leave it there. For three months it sat there. And while the ark of God sat in the house of Obed-Edom, the Lord blessed his house and his family. Verse number 12. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went, uh, in verse 12, David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. So now they're bringing it back to Jerusalem. Verse 13, And it was so that when they that, when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, six steps, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. They made a sacrifice to the Lord and worshiped the Lord. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the voice of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, came into Jerusalem, uh, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of the offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread, a good piece of flesh, and flagon of wine. So all the people departed everyone to his house. So they're worshiping the Lord in this passage. They're celebrating the Lord. Verse number 20. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, one of David, uh, David's wife, came out to meet David and said, sarcastically, by the way, how glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. She's like, oh, wow, you made quite a show today, David. The king of Israel leaping and dancing around. Everybody's watching you. Verse 21, David said unto Michal, it was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father. And before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel, therefore will I play before the Lord. Will I rejoice and celebrate before the Lord? Verse 22, and I will yet be more vile than thus. Vile meaning uh, foolish in her eyes. In her eyes, David was being foolish. More vile than thus, and will be based in mine own sight. He's humbling himself. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. We're talking about next level praise. And we have a story here of a king, King David, a man after God's own heart, who worshiped the Lord in a very celebratory, excited, and even physical way. And we're going to see how this passage today applies in our lives today. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for being so good to us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for your goodness and grace in our lives. Bless this message, use it for your glory and your precious name we pray, amen. The scriptures in the script, we're going to read them again, look at them for this first point. A next level praise. How are we called uh, and how can we as believers today, how about right here at Coastline Baptist Church, how can we practice next level praise and worship the Lord? We see David in verse 12. What is he doing in verse number 12? It says, uh, after the blessed, he went and brought up the ark 
of God from the house of Obadino into the city of David with gladness. The word there literally meaning with celebration. He's excited. He's pumped. In verse number 14, the scriptures also say he danced before the Lord with all his might. Verse 15, it says uh, they, they were shouting with the sound of trumpet. David was excited. David, I don't know how David's dance was. We don't know what that was. We just know that David was so thrilled with God and the ark of God and the presence of God going back into the city of God, Jerusalem. He, is, he dances. He dances before the Lord. He worships him. Number one, next level praise is expressive when it's given. Next level praise is expressive when it's given. It is evident. It's evident when we're worshiping God. It's evident when we're truly praising Him. It shows. It's an outward expression of our inward heart. If your inward heart is thrilled with the goodness of God and His hand in your life, and you're thrilled with the salvation that He's given you through His Son, if it's an, out, an outward expression of the inward heart is expressive. Next level praise is expressive when it's given. Our bodies naturally, naturally reflect what affects us. If, if I'm at the dining room table with my kids, and I'll say Charlie because he's always one that does it, Charlie gets ready to spill his big glass of milk, and I can see it happening. Naturally, my body reflects what's, what's affecting me, and I, and I jump up and I'm affected by it. When my child is running for, let's say I haven't seen my kids in a while, and, I, and one's over there, and, I'm, and they are running toward me with their arms open for a big hug, I respond to that physically with my arms open wide, a big hug. If, if I'm watching, I won't say the Patriots because they're terrible this year, but, but if I'm watching a couple years back the Patriots and that Super Bowl against the Falcons, and they're coming back. When they, I'll tell you, when, I, when they won that game, I was in Michigan. And I was there at 28-3 at that halftime. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is awful. And I watched the second half. And, and our couch was me and Marissa. Our kids were in bed. They were so young. We had some friends over, just two friends. And they weren't even, uh, one was a Patriots fan. The other one didn't care about football. And I'm sitting there. And I'm like, shut up, shut up. We're watching, shut up. And they won that game in overtime. And I jumped up screaming, ran out. We lived on church property there in Michigan. Ran out the front door, ran down the sidewalk, ran out into the parking lot. There was ice out there. I'm slipping aside. I was thrilled. But there was an expression, wasn't there? I was expressive. When you, uh, uh, maybe, maybe you're at a, at a certain event and, and they're honoring someone who unselfishly served other people. Man, you'll clap. Man, you'll be excited, and you, you have no problem clapping as loud as you can because you're like, wow, look what that person did. You have a friend who suffers loss. You'll weep with them. You'll weep with them over their loss. Next level praise is expressive when it's given. In all those examples, is the church the only place where our bodies can't express what our minds are comprehending and our hearts are feeling? There's, there's an unusual inconsistency here sometimes. When we think because we step into church, like we can't be expressive at all. We have to stand there and sing the words and we just kind of sing along with it. When we think about the creator God and all that he has made, when we think about the greatness and glory of the Father and all of his holiness, when we reflect on the work of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and what he did for us on the cross, when we were dead in our sins, he died on the cross to save us, to forgive us so that we might live. Can it be possible that these thoughts weigh so heavy on our hearts, but have little effect in our worship to Him. Outwardly, 
The scriptures tell us that our bodies were created to glorify God. 1 Corinthians 6 says, you're bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Romans 12, 1, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Philippians 1, it says, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or death. The worship of God. The worship of God, bringing glory to Christ, it's what we were made to do. That's why we were created. So when we worship God, we're living out what it means to to truly be human, to be a person. We're fulfilling our calling on life, what we were created to do when we worship God. But what else do these verses tell us that that I just read? That glorifying God, that spiritual worship, honoring Christ... It it involves our physical being. It's more than just our heart. It starts in the heart, yes, but it goes beyond that. The worship of God is not purely a mystical thing that just kind of is in our minds and hearts and has no bearing on the physical world. It's mind, soul, and body together offering worship to God. So if worship does involve uh, our actual physical bodies, how does that play out? How does that look? I mean, we all, you know, says David Dance, do we get like a, soul train line and just conga around the room during worship? I mean, no, no. I mean, are we doing the cha-cha slide during House of the Lord? There's joy in the House of the Lord. It's three steps, y'all. What are we doing, you know? No. Physical worship, what does it look like in the Bible? Uh, The Bible says, and I have the scriptures here, some pictures of our worship to God and how it affects us physically. Job 1, when Job lost everything, and he, he, he went to worship God. It says, Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell, fell on the ground in worship. Psalm 47, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to the Lord with loud songs of joy. Psalm 134, too. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Psalm 61, verse 1, verse 8. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. So will I ever sing praises to your name. What do we see here? We see the lifting of hands in worship. We see the singing out loud and shouting and clapping and kneeling, singing loudly songs of joy. Even weeping we see in the scriptures during worship. Other scriptures show that standing in awe or playing instruments or, or moving your feet are all expressions of worship. Many of the Greek and Hebrew words that we have in the scriptures themselves contain the idea of, of bodily movement in our worship. It is supposed to be expressive. So the worship of God means that our bodies are involved in this glorious expression of what we are experiencing inwardly in our hearts. It's supposed to flow out. Allowing our bodies to be a part of worship not only seems natural and biblical, but it also conveys our attitude, our disposition towards God. What do I mean by that? Take the act of lifting our hands in worship. And you hear, I'll say it. Lift your hands in worship. I think it's such an important part of our worship. Why? The act of lifting our hands in worship, as, as an example, what is being communicated when you lift your hands in worship? When we're singing about the goodness of God or the house of the Lord and there's joy there and, and death was arrested and my life began, when we lift our hands in worship, many things can be communicated from that. Dependence on God, gratefulness, surrender, expectation, reverence, celebration, adoration, lifting your hands in worship also profoundly displays the distinction between us of him as the creator and me as the created. That that he is is all I need. He is the creator. I'm I'm humbly recognizing my position in this relationship. You are the creator and I am 
the created. It's, it's a submission as sons and daughters to a loving father. It's important. By the way, God doesn't love you more or less based on how expressive you are in worship. I want to remind you of that. He doesn't love you more or less based on how hard you're worshiping or how expressive you are. You're not going to earn more points with God just because you're raising your hand. There's no points at all in it. We're fully received by God, by His grace through Jesus Christ. Because the truth of the matter is, I have been in this position where I have been very expressive in my worship. I remember growing up and, and um, when I was uh, a youth pastor, there were times when I was very expressive in my worship and exuberant in my worship, but my heart wasn't right with God. You know, I, I, I was living maybe in unrepentant sin and worshiping, oh man, with all my heart, but with all, with all my body, really, but my heart wasn't right. And on the contrary, many are very conservative in their worship. They may not raise a hand, but they really do love the Lord and are, are, know the scriptures in their mind and in their life. Our devotion to God is not proved by our external acts, our outward expressions, but it is by our hearts. But with all that, our hope as Christians in pursuing God and in chasing after God and wanting to know Him more, next level living with our minds, with our hearts, with our bodies, is to glorify Him, is to please Him, is to fully live out what it means to be truly human as God has created us. I do believe, according to the scriptures, we see King David, we see other examples in the scriptures and commands in the scriptures that next level worship is expressive when it's given. It's expressive when it's given. What else we see? Next level praise flows from a heart that recognizes the hand of God in their life. Verse 11, we see in verse 11 and 12 of the passage here, we see, we see kind of a, an added part to the story. David's wife, Michal, the, the daughter of Saul, in verse 11, she says, um, I'm sorry, forgive me. Verse uh, 11 and 12. Oh, forget it. We're, that's the next point. This one flows from a heart that recognizes the hand of God in their life. Verse 11. The ark of God continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Verse 17. We see that David is giving offerings. He sets the ark of God in its place in the tabernacle. He offered burnt offerings and peace offerings for the Lord. He, verse 18, as soon as he had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of the host. Verse 19, he gives uh, these, these cakes of bread and, and, and these, this wine and this meat and, and just worshiping God and serving others because of the praise of God. Next level praise flows from a heart that recognizes the hand of God in their life. It's not about showing off. I have witnessed, I have seen in services where I, I look around and I, listen, we're not called, this is going to be part of the next point, but sometimes I'm like, man, I think they're just trying to draw attention to themselves. And that, that can happen. I've been that way too sometimes. Where my expressions of worship, really, I'm kind of thinking about what everybody's seeing. I try not to live like that now, but when I was younger and a youth pastor, man, and sometimes that can happen. It's not about showing off or looking spiritual in our worship. It's about showing God you see what he's done in your life and you're grateful. When I sing worship here, when, when I lead worship up here on the platform, whether it's this morning or any other week, I look back. As I'm singing, I look back on my life. When we sing about the goodness of God and that his goodness is running after me, 
I think about his goodness in my life. I think about how he provided us a home when we had nothing. I think about how he's carried our family through heartache and through trial. I think about the grace he's given as we raise our special needs sunset. And I look back as I worship, as I sing, as I sing the words or play the guitar. I look back on what God has done in my life. And that stirs my heart to real, authentic worship. When I worship, not only look back in my life, but I look out at the crowd, and I look at, oftentimes, your eyes and your hands raised and your tears flowing, and I think, man, what God is doing in their life, and it pushes us towards real worship. I choose to engage myself in what we are actually supposed to be doing, worshiping God. It's not just singing time at church. Or like a choir practice where we just follow the bouncing ball, follow the word, everybody sing in unison, here we go. No, it's supposed to be worship of God. What is going on in our mind as we worship? When you come in on a Sunday morning and we start a countdown and little video shows, and then we get up and we start the first song and the, the music plays and the three of us are up here worshiping, what's going on in your mind? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about the busyness of life? Are you thinking about stress at home, maybe some of you are thinking, when is this going to be done? When is the worship going to be done? When is, when is this? we got to get going. Uh, you know, maybe some of you may think, oh, I don't really like this song. I like the last one. I don't really like this one. Maybe, oh, it's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. The slides aren't working. They're glitching. What's going on in your mind as you worship? Truth is, just listen right here. Listen. We have to stop worshiping ourselves and start praising God. Oh, that's convicting, but it's true. In our mind, what is going on in our minds as we have our time of corporate worship together? Is it all those things or something else? But if it's not about worship to God, I mean, you're worshiping yourself, really? Because you're thinking about your needs and wants and in that moment. I'm not saying we come into church, everybody comes into church all the time, ready to go, and hasn't been a rough week. I understand we come in with baggage, but what a great place to leave it. What a great place to lay it aside as you worship God and praise the Lord. We have to stop worshiping ourselves and start, worship and start praising God. What else, though? Next level of praise is unfazed by the opinions and judgment of others. Verse 16, we see what I, was gonna, what I, started, what I got ahead of myself last point. And as the ark of the Lord, in verse 16, came into the city of David... Michal, Saul's daughter, by the way, I think I'm pronouncing that right. I might not be. I don't think it's pronounced Michael. I think it's Michal. I could be wrong. But Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Verse number 20. He returns to bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And she just kind of sarcastically makes this comment towards him, like, wow, look at you, Mr. Big Stuff. Wow, man, you're, you're, you're really showing off, and everybody's impressed by you, the king. And she was just despising him. Verse number 21, the way you see David's response. He says, it was before the Lord. I wasn't doing it for anybody else, before the Lord which chose me before thy father, before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. Will I leap and dance and praise and express myself for the Lord? Verse 22, And I will yet be more vile or more foolish than thus, than, than I have been. I'll be base, I'll be humble in mine own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Next level praise is unfazed by the opinions and judgment of others. It doesn't 
doesn't care what other people think. It's almost like you're alone in the room. It's just you and God. You're not thinking about what, you're, what the person next to you or behind you is thinking about. You are focused on you and God. I'm not worried about how I sound. I'm not worried about what I look like. I'm not worried about what the person next to me is doing, if they're expressing. No, I'm not thinking about anything else but me and God and his goodness in my life. You're unfazed by the judgments and opinions of others. It's time to take time and worship God for who he is. In this 10, 15, 20 minutes we have of worship, man, it's about me and God. It's about me and God. We had the opportunity to take our family to Disneyland in California this past summer. And uh, very different than Disney World. A lot more characters out and about. And there's a, uh, my kids love the superhero stuff, the Marvel superhero stuff. And there's a whole Marvel Avengers campus in the California Adventure part of Disneyland. And uh, they have like Captain America walking around, things like that. And, and we saw a line for Iron Man. And the kids wanted to meet him. And, and those lines are usually long. And they take time. And it's like, and we were like, you know what, let's do it. Let's do it. So my wife, I stayed with Seth on the side. Um, and then Mercy got in line with the other three boys. And then when we all met together, they kind of let me go in with Seth so we didn't have to wait in line. And I have this great picture of the boys with Iron Man. And, yeah, oh, maybe you. You see Brady, though? Look at Brady, especially Brady. The other kids were so excited. These were the pictures that the, the, the photographers took there. It didn't matter who was waiting next in line or what people thought. They stood in awe of who they were next to. If you could have been, it was so sweet. We had a picture of the whole family kind of doing the Iron Man thing. And, but th they were just amazed. It was extremely cool. Uh, they had a, someone in there, and they had probably recorded voices, and, and he would talk to them and, and point to them, and, and it was really awesome, just really immersive, and they were just amazed by it. They just stood there, and I love Brady's face, just like, wow. They stood in awe of who they were next to. And in our time, church, we've got to remember this. We've got to remind ourselves of this because the devil wants us to forget this every single Sunday morning we step into this church. In, the, in our time of corporate worship, when we sing together, we are in the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one whose name we bear, the one who saved us and changed our lives forever. It doesn't, they didn't care who was next in line or waiting. They were going to take their time and stand in awe and enjoy their time that they got to be with Iron Man. And our time of worship is so important. It's why I say, man, get here on time. You don't want to miss our time of worship. Be here when church starts so you can be a part of our corporate worship where we are singing praise to God, where we are worshiping Him. Because I know how, why did I start late so often? Because I want you to be here. It's such an important part of church. And listen, the message is important. And I would even say that the message is probably, because it's the Word of God being preached, in certain ways is more more important, but just as important, if not equally important, is our time of worship, where we as a church, as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, have the opportunity to stand together and lift our hands and praise the King of Kings for what He's done in our lives and what He's done in our church. Next level praise is unfazed by the judgments and opinions of others. We're not looking around hoping that people aren't paying attention to us. It's like cheering on your kids at a sports game. It's like, you don't, I don't care if I'm the loudest dad there. Listen, ask, ask, ask Kelly Robles. She probably set records for decibels of volume for her whistles and cheers at her son's football games. And, and guess what? Her daughter gets it from her. They don't, you don't care. I'm focused on my kid. I'm focused on my, son, my child playing. And I don't care if 
you know, uh, Karen over here or Bill over here is mad that I'm being loud. I really don't care because I'm cheering on my kid. I want him to hear me, that I'm here, that I'm watching him. I'm celebrating him. And when we gather together in the house of God, whether it's on a Sunday morning or on a Friday night night of worship, whatever it is, we are here and we are focused on our Savior King, Jesus Christ, on God the Father, and we are celebrating Him. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks around us. I am going to worship Him. We have to prepare our hearts on Saturday evenings and on Sunday mornings, coming in with a heart of joy, maybe even weary and tired from the week. Yes, maybe even weary and tired from the drive-in. If you got kids and you're driving them to church more than three minutes, even if it is just three minutes, man, sometimes you can come in stressed and tired. It's been a long and rough and brutal week, but I'm here to worship him. I'm going to find rest in my praise. I'm going to find rest in that praise. Lastly, next level praise is a testimony to those around you. What did David say at the end of his retort to Mickle, his wife? says, and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maidservants, which thou hast spoken of, because remember Mickle said, oh, you're, you're uncovering yourself, and you're being all crazy and foolish in front of these, uh, front of these uh, maidservants, these, these uh, uh, people there, these ladies here. And he's like, I don't, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm not doing it for them. I'm worshiping God. He's like, but those people that you've spoken of, man, they're going to see the joy in my heart for the Lord, and yes, they're going to honor him. And, 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 and they're going to honor me for the praise. He said, listen, it, it's not going to do anything harmful. He was a testimony. Uh, Mercy said this morning, and I appreciate her kind words for Pastor Appreciation Month. It means so much to me. And she said, I, you know, and listen, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And that's my heart too. But she said, you know, he, he's excited and he's passionate and, and it makes me want to be that way. That's what David's saying here. He's like, Fine, I'm excited about God and, and the ark of God and, our, and the city of, in the city of God in Jerusalem. They're watching, they see the excitement, and they're going to get excited too. Your next level praise is a testimony to those around you. Your praise, your next level praise is a testimony to God's faithfulness. It just is. A couple of weeks back, we had a visitor come. And they came through these back doors and I said, thanks for coming. Where did you, oh, I found out about it online. I found your website online. And this is what he said. He said, you know, I, I got on the website, and on the front page, I saw people with their hands raised worshiping God. He's like, and that's why I came. A Catholic man that was just visiting said, I, I, I saw people worshiping God with their hands raised, and I had to come. Your praise is a testimony to those around you. Your raised hand in worship, genuinely, your raised hand may give someone the confidence to raise their hand too. You don't know how many people come and, and, and it, is, it is built into some people where you are kind of like, oh, like nervous. Like, you're not doing it because I'm not going to worship God, but you're just like, you're nervous about it. Like, oh, I don't want to look weird and things like that. But you, in confidence, knowing that, again, it's just about you and God. You don't care about the opinions and judgments of others. You say, I'm going to express myself in worship. I'm going to raise my hands in praise to God. We're going to sing this song out, whatever it may be, and I'm going to worship him. You, not really caring what other people think, just caring about your praise to God, the person three, four seats away from you on the, on the other side may look over and be like, you know what? Give them the confidence. I'm going to praise God too. Your next level praise is testimony to those around you. Let's praise the Lord together. 
together. Let's express ourselves together. Let's engage ourselves in praise. Let's bless the Lord for all that he's done. Let's, 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 whether it's a Friday night or a Sunday morning, we need to come ready to praise him. Listen, our worship team, myself, we're going to do our best to set the table, prepare the meal, and serve it up, and create an atmosphere of worship. And all we ask is that you join us in it. We're going to stand up here and sing our hearts out and raise our hands and praise God. And, and, and it's not, again, it's not a show. It's not just a concert that you get to come to and clap along. No, we want you, we're worshiping together. We're worshiping together. We're, we're in this together. We're, we're, we're praising God for his goodness together. We're expressing ourselves, uh, our outward expression of our inward heart together. We're not thinking about what the other ones think. No, no, we're just praising him together. Next level praise, and this isn't a point, it's just a kind of a last thought. It brings rest to your soul. Some of you need and are craving rest in your soul right now. You have, your life is insanely busy. It's crazy. Whether it's all good things or a mixture of good and challenging things, or maybe you just feel like everything's falling apart, you are craving rest for your soul. And next level praise brings rest to your soul. Because you know what you can do? You can come on a Sunday morning, take 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it may be, and worship the Lord. You just, it's, everything else is so much less important. I'm not saying they're unimportant. They're just less important than God. Because all of us are only here because of God and His goodness. The busyness that we have in our life, whether it be from work or schooling or whatever, all those are gifts from God. Our jobs, our opportunity to learn and grow, these are all gifts from God. So we take time, 10, 15 minutes, to praise Him for His goodness. Next level praise is expressive when it's given. Next level praise reflects a heart that recognizes the hand of God in their life. Next level praise is unfazed by the opinions and judgments of others. And next level praise is a testimony to others. So let's praise Him with our whole heart, with our whole mind, with our whole body, and just give Him praise that He's due. Starting Friday night, what a great opportunity to worship Him, to praise His name with all of our being. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your home. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.